When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 95 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub. But the fans come first. I'm delighted to say over the last week it's been been busy for ourselves for one reason or another, but we're delighted to, to have been asked by Fanatics to come on board as an affiliate. Um, and what we'll try and do along the way is try and get Evertonians the best deals that we can on the on the kits, on the, the shirts, the training gear, whatever we can do, we will. Um, so delighted to, to have Fanatics on board with ourselves for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm also delighted that we're, we're back to a full complement as well this week. Um, Lee's been playing tennis again today after his uh, his veterans tournament a couple of weeks ago when we when we missed him. Um, so it's great to have, have Lee back on the show, and uh, also great to welcome friend of the show. Uh, has been on for a little while, Matty Dillon. Matty, how are you, mate? I know you had a, a few reservations about uh, about a new manager, uh, which we've discussed privately. But uh, how are you? How, how, are you how are you getting on, mate? Don't make me apologise again, mate. <laughs> I think that's all I did for the last uh, couple of weeks, mate. But no, no, good. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, obviously, things have things have settled down a bit now, haven't they? Um, and then obviously, we're going to talk later about in terms of the way we're looking at setting up for the season and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's nice to f- that we've finally got a game on the horizon, haven't it, that we can all get to, finally. Mate, mate yeah. You know, the 14th of August can't come, can't come soon enough. Um, I know it's going to be basically at full capacity from what the council have said. I know that I saw something this morning about the Premier League is still insisting we've got to put the away team in the uh, in the in the car park. Now, whether that has any kind of ramifications on on uh, attendances, I don't know at this particular point. But they are going to be, I think, in, in the car park still in the uh, in the post cabins, which is great. I think, to be honest with you, I think it's great. If you make you make it as horrible as you can for any 
attending away away team. I think it's uh, definitely the, the way forward. When we, when we go to Bramley Moor, I just I'd put him on like a floating pontoon in the in the navy to, to get chasing and just just you know ship him over when the uh, when it's kick off time. But we'll, we'll see how that develops anyway. Wimbledon used to do what Wimbledon used to do, didn't it, at Salas Park? Used to t- turn all the heating off, block the toilets, and then uh, make make sure the showers are cold, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they, they were they were different, different days, weren't they? Different days that we would be allowed to from a health and safety point of view. Nowadays, it's a different matter. But uh, let's see, let's see how that plays out. But yeah, the 14th of August can't come soon enough. Um, it'd be great to have a, a near near full Goodison Park after what we've uh, what we've all been through, of course. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna kick things off this week with a, a little look back at the, the successful trip to to Florida, um, champions champions of Florida. You never seen that, as you say. Uh, it was a, a successful shift. You know, we, we were all staying up till silly o'clock to to watch a couple of games that we did that we did play. Um, well, Matty, I'll come to you. It, it, it seemed to be a really, really successful shift, and if you know from you know the uh, the supporters we got over this in the states anyway. I know a lot of our, our followers who are from the states so made the trip to to Orlando and, and stayed for for both games and. In some circumstances, but it, it seems to be really, really well received over there, and and went as as well as it could have gone. Yeah, most definitely, mate. You know, I've, I've got to be honest. I was made up for like all the American Evertonians for for one because I think it's been it's been about seven or eight years, something like that, since we've been over. Uh, so it's a big chance away for them to actually see us, um, obviously in the flesh and, and playing a game. Um, but I've got to admit, I was a bit jealous as well watching it. You know, obviously none of us have seen the likes of Hammers and stuff live, have we? Um, and obviously they got a chance to see him. So um, I know we're going to talk about him a bit later on. But I just thought it was like you said, mate. It just it went fantastically well, didn't it? it? Was it was great to see all all the different. Um, I think I think they're classed as chapters, aren't they? You know, these these different supporters associations from all around. All around the states, all coming together and having a good time, having a laugh, and watching the blues. So uh, brilliant! And I, I think finally, I, I know there's, there seems to be a bit of a delay on it, wasn't there? About you know getting some of the merchandise and stuff sold over there, but I think they managed to get that sorted in the end. And uh, obviously, seeing everyone going out and the new kits and stuff, it was great as well, mate. So I think you looked at you know you looked at the the players, everyone sort of being given a crack of the whip as well, uh, which which is which is good to see, um, especially the new boys as well. So um, yeah, I, I don't think they could have got anything, you know, anything else out of it than what they did. To be honest, yeah, I mean, we'll we discuss the merchandise side in, in a minute, of course. Um, but Peter, you know, looking at, at the two games, you know, it was um, at one point we were down to two teams, weren't we? Um, as Inter Milan and Arsenal both pulled out, and you know, did did really well. The organisers there to get a couple of a couple of sides in um, to to actually join join the party, so to speak, but. Who stood out for you, Peter, in those, those performances? I've got my own opinions, of course, but uh, you know, what, what do you think about who was the who was the star man for for Everton over the last uh, last two games? I mean, I mean, for me, from what I saw of him, the most pleasing thing was to, uh, was Damari Gray. I thought when he got on the ball, he looked he looked really sharp, he looked fit. Um, I think I said, you know, to, to you guys in our in our message group, but for me, he already looks like a player that's got a bit of something to prove. You know, on a personal level, he, he clearly must be disappointed to have had to leave Leicester City and, you know, go to another league in another country to get minutes and almost try and reset himself. So it's a big moment for him to come back to, you know, to a massive club like ourselves. And he really looked like he wanted to get on the ball, and make things happen. I thought he was really positive. 
Um, I thought he generally used the ball really well, didn't lose it a lot. He made things happen. Um, so I was really, really pleased with that. I, obviously, Luca Dean, as usual. Um, but, I, I mean, it's great to see him after the tournament he had and the risk of the injury. I think when Evertonian saw him go off for France, we probably all feared the worst for the start of the season, um, you know, in terms of what it would mean for us at left-back. So the fact that he got as many minutes as he did and he looked fit and he was up and down the pitch and he played well, I think was really, really important. I, I, I totally agree. I mean... <laughs> We, the, the migrate, I think, was was exceptional in, in what we saw. I mean, he made a real difference. We've all said it, you know, we've we've lacked pace for, for many many years, really, and to have someone like him, and to be fair, Townsend, uh, but I think I think Gray's probably a little bit little bit quicker. Um, we need those, those kind of players who will carry the ball and, and look to try and make things happen with with a bit of pace. And I thought Gray was they did, did really well in both games, to be honest. Um, but Luca Dean, yeah, Luca Dean, we know how vital he is to 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 us being creative. Um, but also I think defensively he's definitely improved in the last the last 12, 18 months as well. But to see him come back from what we thought might have been a, a medium term injury in the Euros is is great, of course. But Lee, what, what are your thoughts? Obviously, the Mike was a standout. Uh, I've got to, I've got to ask about one man though. We, I'm we're all delighted to to see back and and get a pre-season under his belt. And that's a... Uh, Jean-Philippe Cabaman. I think he, I think looking at him uh, in the games, the highlights we've seen, the, the couple of games at the Finch Farm and the form he showed over in America, he looks like he, he can be a real asset for us this season, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does, mate. It's it's great to see him getting some minutes and playing, you know, more than forty-five minutes without breaking down. Um, I mean, he, he looks he looks an absolute beast in there, doesn't he? The size of him, um, you know, he, he looks like he's come back fit. As well, uh, he was getting about the pitch. Um, it was a good, good, a real good run out, particularly that first game for because obviously the weather as well was so humid, wasn't it? And players have talked about how different it was between the first half and then the second half being like distinctively cooler. Uh, and you could see that we looked like we had a lot more legs in that second half than we were getting about the pitch more because they probably, had, if you're going to, you know, be honest with it, they probably dominated most of that first half. They kept the ball better than us, obviously used to the conditions. They've played a few games at the start of their season as well. It's always good to play teams who are obviously you know, ahead of yourself in terms of fitness. Um, but yeah, there were some bright sparks, there really was. Um, you know, I was a bit sort of, you know, in terms of the signings when they first came in, a bit like, oh, you know, what sort of level? I'd much rather have, obviously, like your Leon Bailey's coming in. I know, obviously, we'll talk about that later, but I think they could be t- proved to be two shrewd signings, those two boys. Um, I've always thought Townsend was a talent. Um, Rafa clearly likes him. He's worked with him at Newcastle. Um, you know, he's obviously, you know, got got two feet as well. He was quite happy to go down on his right side and put crosses in as well as obviously cutting in and having a dig on his left. And Gray, yeah, I mean, like Pete said, he, he really stood out. He obviously, Rafa was playing him through the middle as well in, in sort of that uh, sort of 10 role. Um and I thought he, he was causing them problems. I mean, anyone in that team, let's be honest now, you stick him in there with pace, he's going to stand out a mile, aren't they? Because we've looked so pedestrian the last sort of couple of seasons. So anyone with sort of pace really is, is really going to stand out. And I hope Damari takes his chance here because arguably this is pro- possibly one of his last chances to really sort of prove, you know, he's, he's not just a young kid with talent anymore now. What is he now, 25 now? 24, 25? So, you know, he's not played for a bigger club yeah. than this. This is a real opportunity for the lad now to try and try and do something. And I like the fact he grabbed the ball for the pen as well. You know, okay, look, it's only a friendly, 
but um, you know, he was he was clearly keen to get on the score sheet and try and st- you know start with a, a sort of positive, and um, you know, he really stood out. Um, but yeah, you know, Begovic coming in again. We, you and I, thought might you know we probably wanted someone like Romero. Maybe you could probably push Pickford a little bit more. But I thought you know he, he showed what he was about. He had a good season last season, didn't he, at Bournemouth? Um, and he looked really assured. Um, obviously, look again, it's only a friendly, but I like the fact that he was commanding his box, coming for crosses. You know, um, there was almost a little bit of Nigel Martins about him. Maybe not quite obviously the same level, but you know what I mean in terms of experienced head at the back. Um, I thought he, you know, he had a couple of good games, and obviously, you know, classic Everton, and it sort of scores the pen and uh, steps up and saves it. So um, that that was that was that was quite a nice touch. But it's great for the American fans. Obviously, I know you had obviously uh, a couple on 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 um, the pod last week, and it was great for them, isn't it? Really, we've been. You know, what's the first time we've been in how many years since we went with Stones and that? So probably was it? It was 2013, wasn't it? 2013, yeah. so short of that. Yeah, just short of that. So I think, so, you know, we should be looking at exploit. We've been saying it for years, but we should be looking at going over there every year now for me and make this an annual thing. You know, the American market is definitely there to crack. You know, you saw there was a lot of um, South American fans there, a lot of Colombians there, obviously living in and around Miami and Florida. Um, and obviously a lot of them were there to see Hamez, weren't they? Um, and like Matty just said then, it's just like, you know, let's hope he bloody stays. You know, I, I don't know what camp everyone else in, but I hope he bloody stays. You know, there's rumours obviously this week that he might go, but, um, be, you know, we want to try and see him. We want to try and see him in the flesh, and they may be the only guys that get to see him. But um, it was great for them, great for them. You know, we have got a strong base over there. We've obviously had a few of them on the pod and things like that. Great guys. Um, and it was great for them to get over, you know, and 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 see the blues. Yeah, certainly is. I mean, you know, we had obviously Jeff and Gareth on the other week, um, and, and Jeff was saying they're looking at trying to make it an annual thing. The club now yeah. to to get yeah. it's a probably different part of the state, not just concentrating in the in the Florida area, but different. You know, there's there's plenty of the country to 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 get to get involved with it. Um so that that'd be great if we could do that on an on an annual basis. Um it's it's definitely a market that we should be exploiting with the connections that we've got to the States and had over the years. You know, Tim Howard was a was a massive presence over there over the course of the the, the time we were there. It was at numerous events, he was at the ground. Um and you, you know Tim Howard is probably the 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 biggest export American export we we've seen in the Premier League. You could argue Landon Donovan, but for the time that Tim Howard was at Everton before, uh, and obviously Manchester United. He was a, he's a huge American export, and it's it's vital that we do we do exploit those uh, those connections as well. Um, we well, can mix it up, and we've but, got a good following in in Chicago. We've got a good following on the East Coast as well as the West Coast, haven't we? Um, and yeah, that's the good course. thing about it. And and that's it. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have you know, there's so many supporters clubs. That we've uh, that we've got now, it's it's really important that we do we do make sure that we we try and get it across the states if we can and 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 go and see as many of the uh, supporters that we've got over there. Um, but Matty, just just before we, we sort of move forward, what what are your thoughts on on Jean Philippe Gabamon being being back to to fitness? You know, he's, he's had a good a good preseason so far, which has been great to see. Um, He's he certainly looks looks the part. He's got all the attributes that he that he needs to be a, a top top central midfielder and someone that we've we probably missed over the years, especially since it's Isagana game moved to moved to PSG. Definitely, mate. I think um, you know looking at him and what he's had to put up with, 
um, over the last few years. You know, he must be so mentally strong, mustn't he? Um, that's probably the first thing I think about him. And um, in terms of the amount of times he, he's broke down, but he's obviously kept coming back. Um, just hopefully now we can he can have a bit of a run. Um, but like you said, mate, yeah, you know the the, the size of him, like the stature, and um, he, he's some he's someone who can add something a bit different. I think. Um, I look at as well at in terms of the midfield. Uh, you know how much we missed. To Corey and Alan last season when they were injured, um, there was no one to sort of come in uh, to do that role. But I, th- I think obviously he's a little bit different to both of them as well. So even if they maybe they wanted to play three um, with him in there sitting, you, you could do that. But I know it's the old cliche, isn't it, mate? But he, he is going to be like a new signing, I think, isn't he? Um, it's just obviously now he can he can stay injury free and, and really kick on for next season because I think he's going to be a really important member of the squad. Mm-hmm. I think it gives Benitez a, a bit of a. A conundrum, as you say, you know, we, we could play a three, but you might have to choose two out of three to, to play in, in midfield, you know, and with, with Gabam and Alan and, and Decorah, you've got three, you know, really, really decent decent players there who can, who can play. And then, I mean, Gabam, we've seen him sit a little bit. We've also seen him be a little bit more advanced, especially in the second game. I thought he played a little bit further forward. I think sometimes when he's in and around the box, just needs to learn to, to let it go. And, and have a go. was a couple of times he was about 20, 25 yards from goal. And he was looking to go wide as opposed to just pinging the ball and just, just seeing what happens. But um, great to have him back. Hopefully, you know, he, he continues his his run to, to full fitness and, and we, we see him, you know, pushing on. In, obviously, Man United coming up in the uh, in our final friendly pre-season. But then obviously the Southampton game and, and games beyond them, he's, he's going to be, I think, a really, really, really important important player. Um, but you just, think Gomez just, as well, Mike? I thought Gomez played all right. I don't know what you boys think. I thought he played well when he came on. Yeah, I think Gomez, you know, people know who listens to us. We, we've always got a lot of time for, for Andre Gomez. And, um, you know, whether whether we see him stay at the club over the, you know, by the time he gets to the end of the window, I don't know. I think he, he acquitted himself fine over in, in Florida, got some decent game time. Um, he's got, you know, it, it all depends who the manager wants to keep now, doesn't it, really? I, I don't see. Tom B was moving anywhere, to be honest. Um, but if, you, if you're sitting there now and you're saying, we, we go into the season or we get to the end of the transfer window and you've got Gabamon, Alain Decore, Gomez, Davis, you know, we've got five five centre-mids. Are we going to be looking at the back end of the window to try and ship one of those out? Uh, I won't include Delph in my in thinking uh, because I think Fabian Delph will be gone anyway. Um and you know, I think at the moment he's probably just priced himself out of of any kind of move with his with his wage demands from what we've heard. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we'll see. Gomez did, did fine. Davis did fine. You know, it's it's all about. I think we we always say it. Pre season is just important to, to get energy back on the legs again, get the fitness up. Uh, you know, likes of Gabamin, get him a full pre season because he's he's been injured for for eighteen months. You know, nearly two years. So it's it's really important for those those players. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see with Gomez. Um, but before we, we we talk about like the hammers and, and transfers and, and things like that, you mentioned then, Matty, about the, um, there was a little bit of a of, of moaning on, on Twitter about Everton not taking advantage of the uh, the merchandising side of things while they were over there. When, when we played in the, in the Florida Cup final, if you like that first game, there was no merchandising stands and there was, there was no word from the club, was there, about if anything was going to be happening, but the, the club then, I think it was the day before the third shirt was launched, did announce 
that yeah, there was a bit of a hold up of customs. Um, that'll be that of Brexit, but that we won't get too political uh, on that on this show. Uh, but it'll uh, they were held up of customs, and there was going to be a store and a stand there for the for the final game. And there was, and uh, by all accounts, from from what we've what we've seen on social media, it was really well, really really well received, and loads and loads of blues in the in the uh, stands took advantage of the store and. And we're all sitting there in the in the brand new brand new fair kits looking the part. That was great, great to see, mate. I mean, I think uh, you know the third shirt. I, I haven't seen one one negative <laughs> to be honest. When all the stuff come out, but I think Hummel, mate, they've, they've smashed it out the park again, haven't they? Uh, in terms of what they, what they've given us this season, even like the training and stuff as well. Um, I think a few people, uh, rightly, rightly so, are absolutely skins, aren't they? I know it's only been paid eh, for a few people, but um, I think the skins are already with the amount of new stuff that's come out lately. Yeah, of course. I mean, Peter, we, we always hear, don't we, about Everton and, you know, when it comes to merchandising and, and getting things to to our fans abroad, not just in America, you know, the likes of Ireland as well. Um, it's one thing which I think we need to really, really get right because... We've got such such a big fans presence around the world that we need to make sure we, we can make make kits and the merchandise more accessible. And I mean, obviously we we, we did our best in over in, in Florida, but I think on the whole, we've got to really, really get that right, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. It's it's a it's a really, really important part of being a a top successful football club, isn't it? And I think when you you look at the revenues that you know that the really big clubs uh sort of bring in. It's often from this sort of stuff, isn't it? It's not from ticket sales. It's not from bums on seats. It's from, you know, shirt sales, sponsorships. Uh, you know, creating the club as a brand. And I think I think sometimes Everton for probably the last 10, 15 years really have. I think we've struggled a little bit for our identity as a as a club because we are so community focused. You know, we're we're so focused on our fans, our local fans, and. I think sometimes the club does come under criticism, maybe from not being more ambitious uh, globally. Um, you know, and it's I, 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 sometimes I think it's a bit unfair when you know people often go straight for Bill Kenwright or go, you know go, will go straight for sort of other people at the top of the club, and you know we end up again with another fall guy for um, sort of people trying to make sense of maybe why we're not you know more ambitious or we're not seem to be seem to be pushing things more but these things are a work in progress you know it takes years to put this kind of infrastructure in in place it's not not as easy as getting off the plane with a few boxes of shirts and um selling you know selling like Del Boy and Rodney you know these things are complicated and take time to to put together so you know again the, the club's heading in the right direction and it's now an important part of modern football all of that isn't it but like uh like matt said we've we've got a great um we've got a great third kit absolutely love the third kit i think i will definitely pick one up myself um and it's yeah yeah i think hummel's the right fit for us isn't it i think we're a lot of fans got tired of the, the same um umbro kit year after year with uh maybe a, an added chevron if we're lucky <laughs> yeah definitely. just got i just got oh sorry no go on, Sorry, Matt, with Pete saying that then, I just got visions of Lockstock, that opening scene when they're selling stuff at the market. <laughs> <laughs> buy him, you better buy him. Just brands, brands with a box full of shirts, do you know what I mean? And, and crafted in Italy, and stolen in Stepney. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. No, but I think, though, I mean, in terms of Hummel, 
and in terms of what they've done again. I think all three shirts have been well received. I think they've done a, a terrific job. Um, for me, the, the black watch shirt will, will not be beaten, to be honest with you. I think the black watch shirt is, is exceptional in its simplicity and obviously in the the, the uh, acknowledgement to, to our history as well. But I think this this third shirt is definitely second in terms of all the shirts we've had from Hummel, the six we've had. I think it's definitely second for me. Um, I think I think again it's it's just a fantastic shirt. And you know, I think I think our, our, our three shirts are probably the three well, they are the three best shirts in the Premier League. And well it's it's what you get when you you have um a kit manufacturer who's three you're top of and you're 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 the major team that Hummel have got. So therefore you you, you get the the better better shirts. We're not getting templated shirts, we're getting different designs, even from the goal the goalkeeper shirts. You know, you look at the orange one. Which is a bit of a nod to the to the, uh, the history of Hummel, really, and the the Danish designs that they've had in the eighties and early nineties. You've got obviously the the goalkeeper shirt, which is the, the blue and yellow, you know, a, bit, a little bit crazy um, as well. So they, I think what they do, they, they do really, really well, and it's it's great to have them on board, of course. Um, but we we'll move we move forward, and, and we I want to have a quick chat about uh, about Hammers. You know, there's been a a lot of talk in the last couple of days has been reports about Everton saying he can go for 20 million quid. He's not in the manager's plans. You know, there's a, there's a bit of history there. You know, we, we were all watching him over in the States and he looked really happy, settled. You know, he was laughing, joking on the training pitch. You know, he was messing around, you know, driving off with a golf a golf cart and, you know, just looked to seem to be happy. Um, obviously, he's a massive pull and it was important for the club that he was with us to, to go on that particular trip. Um, and then obviously a couple of days ago, he's on a on a Twitch stream, um, whatever that is. By the way, I've got no idea what, what Twitch is. Someone can educate me on that. Um, but he actually said that he doesn't know where he's going to be playing. Um, it's complicated. Wherever he and wanted, someone has to be at you know, the place where they're wanted. So that doesn't sound particularly particularly promising. I don't think personally. Uh, but Lee, what, what what are your thoughts on on Habers? I, I know you mentioned at the start of the show. You think it's absolutely critical that we that we keep it. Um, what what's you thinking behind that? Do you think he's going to stay, or judging by what he's saying, do you think he's going to be moved on? Well, yeah, you know, I'm I'm passionate about it um, with regards to Hammers because I I, th- I think personally, personally speaking, I think we should do everything we can to keep the lad. Um, I think he's technically a wonderful footballer. Arguably, technically, the best player I've seen play for us in, in my lifetime, technically, that is. Um, and obviously, you know, you saw by a lot of the players wanting to have photos with him, autographs. Like you said, he was having a little kick about with his kids. That was a lovely moment after the game. Then exactly. the club social media clearly focused on him, didn't they? Because obviously, you know, there are a lot of Colombians there, a lot of South Americans that, you know, love him in general. Uh, he probably didn't have the best games, if we're being honest, because, you know, he was, he was on the periphery of both games. Um, you could put down, that down to the fact we were going direct occasionally as well, uh, looking looking for the striker. But um, yeah, I, I just think if we were to sell him, I don't think we get the twenty million. By the way, uh, it was one year left on his contract. We'd do well to get half that, if not a bit less. And if we did get a bit less, then are you going to sign for seven eight million? That's going to have that sort of quality. That's going to change your team markedly. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not, you know. Who's our creativity in midfield there? You know, you've just mentioned the midfield we've got there. Yeah, we've got some, a lot of good good footballers in there, but there's no one with nowhere near the creativity of this lad. 
you know, and a lot of people, you know, people that sort of was, you know, bringing up the point, yeah, he's never fit. He missed a lot of games. He buggered off early before the last game in the season, all that. Yeah, look, there's some valid points there, but when he was fit, he was he was mustered at times last season. He really was. You know, he arguably won as the derby with one bit of genius with a pass. He scored a cracking goal at Old Trafford that got us back in the game. He scored a great goal against Leicester. You know, arguably we should have gone on to win that game. Um, you know, I can think of several occasions where he he, he was he was you know absolutely top draw. You know, had the hammers that we all we've all seen from a distance before he joined us and look. My worry is, and probably our, our worry was when Rafa got appointed, he's, he's known to have, you know, dropped him a lot when he was playing for Real Madrid. You know, he probably sees him as a bit of a luxury player. Does that fit in with, with Benitez's sort of ethos? Is it what he wants us going forward as a team? Maybe not. But, you know, even if you had someone like Hammers off the bench in a game, you know, we've all been to games at Goodison where you're trying to break down a part of the bus team and we can't get through him at all. You know, if you brought him on for, you know, 40, 50 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever, you know, that, that guy could be the difference. And, you know, if we do bring in like a Dumfries and maybe a quick winger down the right side, you know, he's got alternatives. He just needs runners, that lad. He'll find you. You know, it's obviously in the amount of times he's picking out Luca Dean with that crossfield ball. If we suddenly have options on the right side now, you know, with, with, with players who are bombing forward, like I said, like the likes of a Dumfries and people like that, he's, he's got the whole pitch, you know, the pitch opens up for him. And, and and for me, we, we've just we've got to keep him at least for another season. Um, and I, I think Rafa, I know Matt, obviously, you said before, you were quite vocal when he came in. I, you know, I, I did respect a lot of what you said. And then, you know, he could lose a lot, a lot of people early doors, Rafa, if he gets rid of Hammers. You saw you saw the Twitter, the way it blew up the other day when he when he did mention on Twitch. It's basically like an online online gaming mic, just to educate you there. It's like people that play Call of Duty in that. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, but, not, that's not my world. I've, I've got a real life. <laughs> um, but no, but gen- genuinely, like, you know, that doesn't sound great, does it? In the fact that he's obviously possibly been told, you know, you know, you need to potentially find another club uh, next season. And I hope he doesn't go because Rafa's going to have a tough time winning the fans over anyway. And if someone like Hamez goes as well, it's going to make it equally hard. And, um, you know, he's. If we have a poor start combined with him going, so we don't even get to see him at Goodison Park, that would be a travesty. I mean, if he's still here and we play Southampton that first game of the season, I reckon 80, 90% of those fans will be singing his name, uh, asking him to stay. Um, so let's see how it plays out. But, you know, I don't know what you boys think. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think as well. But I, I think we should do everything we can to keep the lad. It might be a case of. He's he's here for two or three games at the start of the season, so people actually do see him at Goodison Park. And I think you're right. I think that the the fan reaction from you know that first game for Hammers is going to be off the scale. I think you know if if it's down to the fans to convince him to stay, I think that's the game to do it in. And, and he won't experience anything like that. I don't think Mark probably is you know playing in the in the World Cup and having uh, when he won the the Golden Boot. But I think in terms of the atmosphere. And in terms of how much, you know, the the vast majority of fans are on board with Hamas Rodriguez, you know, it's, it, it's going to be electric, I think. But it might be a case of he's here for two or three games and, and he does get does get moved on for one reason or another. But I think I think it's it's, it's an easy narrative, I think, to, to maybe blame the manager. And, you know, we, we no one sat here, we've discussed this many times now, when we were linked with, with the managers, just, and we were saying we wanted them to come through the door. We had our own opinions on why we didn't. Um, he's here now. It is what it is. 
Uh, but I think it's an easy narrative to sort of say, if you go this down to the manager, it could be going because basically it makes financial sense for Everton for him to go. Simple, so simple as that. If it doesn't fit in with the style of play as well, then then that that's how it is. Um, but it could just be a simple case that it, it makes financial sense. I would argue that through replica shared sales and and you know his marketability and and the, the traction he got in his home his home country when he signed, I think that you know having that, having him on board is is great for those those kind of things. Um, so I would definitely argue that if, if even for that alone, he plays twenty five games a season. But you know we we've got him on board and and all around the world he's known as an Everton player. That's a, a massive, massive positive. Um, but Pete, what do you think about about Hammers in terms of staying or going? Do you, do you think that we will have him at the club for the for the uh, for the whole season, or do you think he's going to be moved on? I'd be surprised if he if he's here for uh, to stay for the remainder of the season. The romantic in me would like him to stay. Um, I, I think, like like the other lads have said, you know, I'd I'd love to be at the Southampton game and get to see him play. Um, I, I mean, I, I get the points about, you know, it, it would be a great option to bring off the bench if we're struggling to unlock a side or a goal down. But, you know, for me, is, is James Rodriguez happy to sit on the bench at Everton? I don't think he is. I think wherever mm-hmm. he goes, he wants to be the star. And I think he wants to be allowed to play how he wants to play. And, it, you know, based on what we know about Rafa and how he sets teams up, that does seem to jar a little bit, you know, regardless of the history they've, they've got, where most of us are expecting a, a hard-working, compact, counter-attacking 4-2-3-1. And I just don't think Hammers Rodriguez fits into that picture. Um, so, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see him sticking around. I think we're probably looking to offload him, save the money and, and reinvest it into a different type of player, unfortunately. But I would love him to stay. I would love to see him start week in, week out off Calvert-Lewin or given a free roll, but you know, that's, that's why I'm not the, not the manager of Everton and I don't work in football. But, you know, based on what I think I do know, I, I just can't see him sticking around. I don't think he fits in to a, a Rafa Benitez team, unfortunately. No, I think, I think, I think you, you just hope you're in what you're saying and I think a lot of the the signs are that he is going to move on. Like you say, would he be happy to, to be a bit part player? You know, you know, you could argue that if he does start on the bench, then you you probably get more more appearances out of him over the course of the season, maybe. But I don't think he's going to be happy at the age of thirty, arguably in the in the prime of his career. Someone who's done so much in his career to be having that particular role at this moment in time. Um, so I don't know. But Matty, what what do you think? Are, are you are you thinking similar to Pete in terms of, you know, from a romantic point of view, we want, of, of course, we'd, we'd love him to be here for the whole season, but maybe thinking about it a bit more logically, he, he's going to gonna be moved on. Yeah, I, I think by all accounts, mate, I mean, like you were saying before, if if that's the sort of comments that he's coming out with, then it sounds like he's been told, doesn't it? Uh, he's been told something about it, and I, I think there's probably a few others as well who have been told similar, but... Uh, yeah, all you know, all to add on what what Lee and, and Peter really said. To be honest, Mike is um, for me. You know, I've I've seen too many sort of world class players go out the door. Um, football club over, over the years. You know, obviously, you know, Ron was probably the last one, wasn't he? But 
to me, if, if you've got a sort of like world class talent in your squad, um, especially one that cost us nothing, um, to me, you, you, you keep him. Um, I think, similar to what Lee said before, you know, the lads we've got in the midfield, um, all you know, all good footballers, uh, don't get me wrong, but in terms of what he offers, obviously he offers something a bit different, doesn't he? Um, in terms of the creative side of the game, and um, I don't think. You know, I just don't think we've got anyone else like that in the squad. Um, who might, you know, might be able to create a chance or something out of nothing. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love him to stay, mate. we were saying, obviously, love to see him in the lineup um, against Southampton. But um, the realist in me uh, probably said that he's going to be gone before the end of the window, which is, you know, it's going to be sad to see. To be honest, yeah. we've got we've got less than two weeks to go, haven't we? To that to that uh, that first game. So, you know, hopefully. Hopefully we we do get there with with Hammers in the squad and uh, at least those who, who go to the game uh, will get to see him in person and obviously let, let him let him know what what they think of him of course um, but we'll see how it plays out as I say at the moment things aren't looking great as the days go on more and more things seem to come out but that happened at the start of the you know when when Ancelotti left didn't it you know the the obvious link to make in terms of outgoings was was Hammers. To be honest, way uh, AC Milan was was mentioned, uh, and I think Atletico Madrid. I think I saw it the other day as well. Uh, oh, sorry, that was for, that was for Richarlison. But AC Milan were mentioned early on. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. But yeah, I think I think all roads do do point for him going through the exit door, and it'll be a real shame. It'll be a real shame. But he, he was certainly sold sold the dream by by Carlo Ancelotti, wasn't he? And unfortunately, though, that, that's that's turned a bit sour. And, and we've we've got to move forward. Um, but there's a lot, Sevilla, of, lot of transfer. Sevilla was sorry, mate. Sevilla was linked Sevilla, with him. Yeah, yeah, it was That's Sevilla it. that were linked with him as well. I think I watched the rerun of the United game the other day to watch the highlights that free free. If you watch that goal again, that's a class goal. That you watch mm-hmm. it, the technique there. I mean, the balls come back to on the edge of the box. The amount of players that would have just absolutely battered that, you know, and probably skied it over or something like that, or hit it into the ground. He just controlled that. Put a bit of cut spin on it and put it in the corner. Do you know what I mean? And he—that's what you get him from him. You know what I mean? That's not even half a chance that the way that's fallen to him on that angle. And obviously you've got the hair and nets, and he just beat him at the near post, and he with just a, a pure strike. Um, and that's what you get from him. And that Leicester goal as well. You know where he just shifts it onto his right and then curls it beyond Michael and off the post. I mean, that's a class goal. That's what you get from him. Like Pete said, you know, maybe even have him just playing behind Dom. You know, just have him floating about like that. You know, because he is capable. of you know, of getting on the ball in the space of a, a blink of an eye, you know, he, he just plays at the wrong side of the fence and you're in. Um, was it against West Brom where he got, when he, was that where he bagged a couple against them? Was that the same game as well yeah. where he just ch- chipped it over the top for Luca Dean? Uh, he then set up the he, goal. He got a couple against, it. Uh, it, was Bright, it was Brighton, wasn't he? He scored a couple was it? in the game was against it? Brighton, but then West, West Brom was a little uh, little chip over to get your Allison, wasn't he? Yeah, and that was it. I mean, he allowed, didn't he, at West Brom as well, where he, he looped it over, looped it over the keeper. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was class. I mean, that's what. Look, yeah. as fans, we love the clubs a bit, but you know, as fans, if he's in that starting lineup against Southampton, right? That's let's be honest. That's who we want to see in it. That's who we want to see. You know, we go the game to see players like that. You know, we haven't we haven't been blessed with having many world class players come through our club in the last sort of twenty years. You know, but he he certainly is one of them. And um, you know he's he's a, the classic saying he's worth the entrance fee alone. And what what you see when you go to the games, you all go and all that. You see a different picture compared to TV, don't you? You know you see that you see his movement off the ball. You see how he finds space. You see how he manipulates the ball. 
I think fans would love him. Fans would love him. Look, yeah, we love a you know a tough tackling midfielder, your Peter Rees and people like that, and your Parkinsons. But we also love that you know that side of the game, and and that's what he that's what he brings you that little bit of class. You know, whether it's a, a you know a bit of skill or you know a pass that nobody sees, and 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 that and, and that for me that's why we've got to keep him. Um, and that was one of my worries when we appointed Rafa. You know, if we'd appointed like a Nuno or something like that, I think he would have probably, you know, showed him some a bit more love, shall we say? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but it, it, it definitely, it definitely would be a shame. But I, I you know, I think you've got to play Hammers in a role where he's got no defensive responsibility and playing him up there alongside Dom or just behind Dom. And saying, listen, you haven't got to worry about sacking back. Was it? I think we, again, we saw him uh, in that second game. He was playing on the right, wasn't he? And quite often, he was in that midfield position, trying to make things happen, losing the ball, and that's not going to endear him to the new manager, you know, with, with the way that he plays. But if you say to them, listen, you know, play off the striker, uh, make things happen up there, and just just float around in in a two, then it could work. But I just don't think that it will go that way. But um, I just hope we get to the Southampton game and, and you know fans get to, to see him in the flesh and I, like I say let, let them know what they what they think about him. Uh, but uh, outside of Hammers, there's, there's, there's you know plenty of talk again in terms of transfer dealings, what we can, what we can't spend, uh, whether we're going to break any kind of um, profit, profitability and sustainability rules and this, that and the other. Um, we we see, we appear to have missed out on one of our main targets. Like, unfortunately, I have to come to Lee first about this because all he's done for the last twenty four hours is moan about Leon Bailey going to Aston Villa. Um, but he was a player that we had scouted for a number of years. He'd been linked with us for for, for quite a few years um, as well, and we never we never sort of you know put dipped our toe in the water and and, and brought him over to the club. Um, it looks like Villa have tied him up, subject to it. And medical and, and agree in personal terms, but you know, on 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 Twitter last night, it, it was as if um, you know the, the world was was over. And I understand, I, I get people's frustrations to do with transfers. Well, our hands are tied. Our hands are tied because one, we've made an absolute mess at the time. We've had a lot of money in terms of being able to spend the money within the rules. And two, as we said already, yet yeah, we've cocked it up in terms of what we spent. But the way that the you know these rules in the Premier League work, they they do, you know, it's, it's very, very much, you know, a bit more of a closed shop for those those six sides um, who, who want to go to the European Super League. It's very much trying to keep it a closed shop because they're the sides who can generate the most money outside of transfers because of what they've got at their disposal as well and what they've built over many, many years. So I think, you know, we're, our hands are, are massively tied until we move on on Moise Keane. Uh, like to Fabian Delph, um, Hamez if, he, if he used to go as well, you know, or one of the assets, Richardson, Calvert Lewin, or Luca Dean. So we we are in a really poor position at this moment in time to be able to get people through the door. Dumfries is sitting in his back garden waiting for to get the okay, you know, doing his own his own saving to actually come in and sign on the dotted line, and it's it's not ideal. Uh, but Lee, Lee Leon Bailey, you know, like I said, people were losing their minds last night over this and. I I don't as much anymore because it's it's not going to change anything. But I know you you're you're quite uh, quite upset about this, aren't you? Well, I, I am in a way. Sometimes it's a bit OTT. Obviously, you know, it's it's the emotional side of it. But it 
It just drives me mad because we can all see that like, we're all fans. We all, you know, like to say we know a bit, a bit, a bit about fussy and all that. And we can all see where our weaknesses are in the team. You know, we've we've been crying out for wingers. You know, we've all been saying we wanted a, a left-footed right winger that can cut in. You know, have a dig, score a few goals. You know, we we famously missed out on Malcolm, didn't we, a couple of years ago? He would have filled, you know, probably filled that void. Same with the right back situation. We've been trying to replace Seamus now for the best part of what three years, four years. You know, still haven't signed another another quality right back. It it just, it just you know we are paying for previous exploits, you know, and that comes down to unfortunately having several managers in that time as well. I know a lot of people are digging out brands uh, and things like that as well. I kind of feel for the guy a little bit, you know. He's had, he's had a massive job on his hands, and again, his hands are tied to to a limit as well. But for me, you know, having seen him play, you know, I've seen a little bit of the Bundesliga, I've seen him play, you know, the age he's at, he's direct, he's quick, really quick. He's got, got you know, he's, he's got a bit of skill as well. He, he you know, loves a little nutmeg. He gets people off, off your feet, basically. He's not scared to shoot. You know, how many times have we been in the games and how many players, like you said before about Gabami, mate, just scared to pull the trigger. He's not scared to cut in and, and, and bang shots off. And, you know, and for that price range at his age, you know, even if he had an absolute shocker of a season and didn't quite fulfil, you know, he didn't fit in the Premier League or whatever, we still wouldn't lose money on him because of his age. And and then you know that's the bracket we need to, you know, we need to be after. They're the ponds we need to be fishing in. And I, I just I just think for me, I knew this would be the case. I said to you boys a couple of weeks ago, as soon as Villa get the Grealish money, you know, they're going to go out and probably gazumped us on this, and that's exactly what's happened. And it's just so frustrating that our hands are tied because of FFP. You know, we've had several discussions about FFP in the past and things like that, and is it fit for purpose? And you know, other clubs make errors in the market as well. You know, when they're going out throwing money, not just us. Yeah, we've signed some good players and we've signed some awful players under different managers in the last, you know, since Mashiri's come in. But you know, look at look at someone like Arsenal signing Pepe, for example. What they paid for him, you know, right-footed left winger. What they pay seventy million for him, something like that. You'd say he's probably massively underachieved since he's been there. But they can still go out and spend the fifty million on on Ben White. You know, not not that long, not that long later. So it just drives me mad that it just prevents competition. And I've said this before. You know, um, we've got a billionaire owner, a wealthy billionaire benefactor that sits behind him. You know, who could feasibly pump their own money in, and then we could go out and sign players. And we're prevented from doing so because of this ruling. And it, it drives you mad. You know, you look at City at the minute; they're going through the courts in terms of trying to defend their sort of you know artificial way they've inflated their revenue through you know you know sponsorship deals that are a bit OTT and things like that and you know the way you know money's been pumped via Etihad through a country and things like that so you know and they're, they're, they've they've managed to get away with it and they're arguably now going to sp- splash 100 million on one player and potentially the same on Harry Kane as well and you're just sitting there with your heads in your hands we can't even spend 15 million on a right back you know and it's without having to sell first and it's it's a double edged sword because I've spoken to you know other people spoke to Piv about it the other day and he was saying well look yeah we, you know we're paying for our our previous exploits and so he's right but at the same time it doesn't stop you being frustrated when if you put Dumfries and then stick Leon Bailey ahead of him in that Everton team now down that right side and we you know how good does that team look all of a sudden bags of pace directness Luca Dean on the other side potentially with Richarlison as well we suddenly look a different animal don't we. You know, as a team going forward, and all of a sudden now we could potentially go into the new season, you know, with you know Townsend on a free, and then um, Damari Gray for one point seven million, who could turn out to be good, you know, good good signings. But let's be honest, 
you know, they're probably squad fillers more than anything else, rather than obviously like top top draw signing. So it just drives me it just drives me mad that you know we're missing out on a player we've scouted for two years, we cl- we clearly like, and we're being hamstrung by by you know financial fair play. Do you do you feel the same, Matthew, about that in terms of the the, the frustration that that we've all got? You know, I'm not saying I'm not frustrated, of course I am, um, but in terms of what what's gone before the money that we've squandered when we were able to to bring certain players in, and we said before we record as well, the fact that over the last last few years we haven't really got to take away the the assets of Hugo Charles and Calvert Lewin and people like that. Those those sort of fringe players going through the you know, developments under twenty three things like that. And a prime example is Benny Beningham. He's just gone to Hearts for, for nothing basically. Are you frustrated by that in terms of you know we see other clubs, i.e. Liverpool, sell players that you've never even heard of for you know maybe six, seven, in some cases ten, twelve million pounds, and we can't sell players that we've had at the club for for new for. Quite a few years since you were kids, you've actually made some first team appearances, you know, for for any kind of money except for the saving the money on the wages. Yeah, no, that, I agree, Mike. I think um, you know, you have people coming out a few years ago, didn't you? You know, like the likes of the asking people like that, saying that the way we were going about certain things wasn't going to be sustainable. Um, and now, you know, the, the chickens have come on to roost a bit, haven't they? In, in terms of that, um, in terms of obviously the business that we've done. Um, maybe the age range of the players that we targeted at the, t- at the time um, and obviously the likes of the sell-on value and stuff like that. Um, I think that, you know, the biggest exponents of it, you look, you look the way they've, they've gone about it the last few years. You, you look at Leicester, don't you? And, you know, you think the business that they've done, um, you know, the players that they've brought in, um, for, you know, not not massive fees, but then they've sold them, you know, for, for massive fees maybe two or three years later and just keeps that conveyor belt going. Um, you know, hopefully maybe that be... That might be the way we, we, we can go through things in the future. But like Lee said, yeah, you, you know, you, you have got to be frustrated because when obviously the likes of uh, City, Chelsea before them came into money, they squandered quite a little bit of money, didn't they? Uh, until obviously they started to, to get their heads around things and, you know, uh, get things in place. Um, and sadly, obviously, because the, with the restrictions the way they are at the moment, we, we, we can't do that. Um, so it is it is really frustrating. Um, you know, who knows who knows if that'll change in the future. But um it's us it's it us great on you. Um because it's to me, again, like you were saying before about you know the, the you know the Super League six and stuff, it's like everything sort of set up just to keep that that sort of status quo. Um but yeah, you you have got a factor in the fact that yeah, you know, over the last few years, don't be wrong, we have made some good buys, but also uh, in the you know you're looking back in hindsight, some really not so good ones uh, as well in terms of you know um, their output uh, and obviously you know trying to get people off the books and the, and the state of play that we're in now. I, I think last season, I think I think last season we had a bit, of, uh, we gambled, didn't we, a little bit in terms of what we did. We, just, if, you, if you think back to, to last pre-season and when we were making the signings of uh, Alan and Hammers and Decore. Um, we we were all sort of talking about you know why we sign players in that particular age bracket when we should be looking at players more in the Ben Godfrey age bracket, which obviously we, we did do later on. Um, and it was almost as if when Carlo came in, it was a it was a, a case of he wanted that that success and to get to guarantee European football for the following season, which which obviously may save us in terms of bringing in that bit more money. Um, that didn't happen. 
and obviously now Ancelotti's now moved on and th- things have changed. But you know, you, you look at that, Pete, and, and you think to yourself, has Benitez now been brought in, knowing full well that we took the gamble last season to try and get European football with these players who were, you know, approaching late twenties, early thirties, uh, to try and get some instant success, knowing that maybe he's not going to have any kind of awards yet, because I'm not sure. All the talk was about Ancelotti being promised big money this window as well. Don't forget that was that was the talk before he moved on that he was going to get quite a lot of money to spend. Now, how are we going to do it? I don't know. But do you think he's been brought in? But he says knowing that he's going to have a few million unless we sell certain players, and he was and he's quite happy to come in in that kind of circumstance. Well, I mean, history would su- would suggest yes, wouldn't it? Number one, he's he's a pragmatist. He's a very cautious manager. You know, look look at the job he did at Newcastle. Now, I'm not for a minute comparing Everton to Newcastle, and I'm also not for a minute comparing the circumstances, you know, under which he, he's coming into as, as being the same or similar. Uh, but he had a very very difficult job to do there, didn't he? And he, you know, he perhaps stuck it out for longer than a lot of people anticipated that he would and ultimately left because you know he was given a an impossible job and a bit of a poison poison chalice really no you know no money no means to improve the squad that he had and why would any manager with any ounce of ambition stay in a in a club like that and ultimately left so I do think there's probably an element of the club saying well you know look this is the position we're in and we probably need a manager that can work within those restrictions and you, you know, if, if you had to make a short list of potential managers who can do that, you think Rafa Benitez would would definitely be on that list. Um, I was talking with a, another footy fan earlier, actually, uh, who said to me he reckons Benitez will do a better job than Carlo for exactly that reason. That he's probably mm. going to be a little bit better at maybe not playing as an, an attractive style of football, not being as popular with the fans, but being really difficult to beat really organised, really clever, and probably just getting three or four better results over the course of the season that might make us finish, you know, two or three places higher. And I definitely think that that could be the case. I think, I mean, I think is, and I think you're right in what you're saying there. Um, I think his first aim's got to be, you know, 59 points last season. Normally, that would have guaranteed the European football. With the way that it was, and the fact that there was no fans in for the majority of the season, you know, while away record was ridiculously good, um, and a lot of other teams were doing a lot better away from home, but also picking up those, you know, important points at home. The the points tend to be a, a bit higher in, in that sort of middle section, if you like. Um, but his, fir- his first aim has got to be to sort of get in and around 59 points, because if he does, I think European football is is on the cards. But I think with, with any any sort of any manager, the players have got to buy in. So whether at times, and we don't know, we're just, we're just guessing, whether at times, yeah, obviously Carlos sets us up in a particular way, but he also expected the quality to shine through in certain areas as well to, to get us certain results. And whether the players weren't good enough to do certain things, and that Benitez has come in and he's going to go, right, we're playing this way, it's dead, dead stringent, you know, we're going to be really compact, really hard to beat. If we nick draws here and there, then great. Then maybe if it's not as as complicated, then maybe we might we might do a little bit better in that sense. Um, I don't know, but I I firmly believe he knew the situation in terms of what he would be getting, 
as a, in terms of transfers. He knows and he knew he's got to he's got to sell players to to be able to to get other players in. Um, now I'm I'm hopeful still, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it before we before we sign off. I'm hopeful still, Lee, that we can still bring in Dumfries. Uh, we can still bring in a right winger before the window's over. Remember, we've still got about five weeks to go, four, four or five weeks to go before the window slams shut. It's not the end of the world at the moment. A lot of time, a lot of time to go. A lot, a lot of players you can still move on and free up wages and, and get us some money in. So are you still hopeful we can do the business that we need to do before the window closes? To put it bluntly, I think we have to. I think we have to because, you know, as I said before, we can see where the holes are in the squad. And, um, you know, we do have to do that if we want to be competitive this season. I know that the end of the season was a real disappointment the way we tailed off. But, you know, with six to eight games to go, there was still an outside chance of getting in the Champions League. Let's not forget. You know, I know that we, we blew that arguably because of lack of depth in a way um, and, and, and a few other reasons. But, you know, you're right, Mike. I do think that may have been one of the reasons why Carlo was quite quick to jump ship as well, because he probably did realise that he was going to be super tight. And he was thinking, well, how can I compete here with the cards that I've been given? You know what I mean? Because it was going to be, he wasn't going to be able to say, maybe sign the targets he wanted in the summer. You know, that could have been one of the major reasons why he did go, because he just think, well, it's going to be like this every year until we move into Bramley Moor. Then, you know, what am I going to do? Just keep on treading water. So, um, yeah, I, we, we, we have to do it. We have to be able to do it, as I said, if we want to be competitive. Um, I'm just frustrated that under the current ruling system, we, we just can't inject more cash into the business, really, to, you know, to get that revenue up. Um, and that's where City have managed to be sort of, shall we say, clever or underhand, one of the two, really, in terms of how they've managed to do it, to get to get their revenue up, to still be able to sign sign these sort of players. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those, but... I look at someone like, you know, we were talking about it before we recorded then, like Moyes Keane. You know, we took a gamble on him. He was the right age. Obviously, Juve, you know, we managed to get him without a sell-on fee. Um, you know, potentially, you know, if he was to come on again or even a buyback clause or anything like that. And I hate to say it, but you can kind of see why. You know what I mean? He's, he's the way he played in, in, the, in those friendlies, the way he played for us last season. I said this to you before, Mike, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd break even on him now. I'd break even on him. And if that means getting the money back in the coffers um, and then, you know, we end up going out and, and signing the couple of targets that we need to improve the squad, we just do it. I know the club were holding out for certain, you know, you know the, the rumours are around about 40 million. I think that's very generous. I know he's a young lad and he's still, he's still classed as a talent, but you saw him in those, I don't know what you boys think, but you saw him in those two friendlies. He, just, he looked a little bit disinterested. Um... You know, Benucci's comments on him before, you know, when he got left out of the Italian squad, I said before, were quite telling, saying what, what, one minute he looks you know, like an absolute class football, the next minute it looks like he's never kicked the ball. Um, and I think that, that sums him up. He's a bit of a headless chicken. There's a couple of times in that game, he got away with a goal in the second game where, you know, arguably he should have just opened his body up and slotted it in the corner and he got lucky it bounced back off the keeper. There's a couple of moments he just plays with his head down. You know, Wobi got into a couple of great positions and he didn't pick him out because he's just trying to do three step-overs and try and bang one in the top corner. He's got no game appreciation and things like that. So for me, I'd be very disappointed if he's still at our club at the, at the end of the window um, because I just don't think he's, 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 he's good enough, personally. Uh, I like the lad and that, but I just don't think he... I think he's well-suited to a PSG type where he's got your Neymars, Di Marias and 
you know, people like that playing behind him, you know, Mbappe's who are going to give him plenty of chances and he'll score, he'll score goals against Mickey Mouse teams and stuff like that. So I think he's our most saleable asset that we're not going to be too disappointed with if he goes. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've, we've got to do that. But also I sent you boys the article the other day from the BBC. I don't know whether you've seen it, Matty, but uh, about obviously Barca, uh, Real and Juve um, have obviously won a court ruling, didn't they? Um Apparently, but they're still they're still banging on about this Super League and saying that apparently the court ruling, albeit how valid these are these days, because you can appeal everything, but uh, are basically saying that if they were to do it again, that UEFA would be hamstrung in terms of trying to stop them from doing it. Um, and that just shows you, you know, that shows you where we are with modern football now. These clubs that are heavily debted, that are still dying to get away from potentially their respective leagues to create this Super League, and that's why it drives me mad because they're still going out throwing loads of cash about. United have just spent 130 million on two players, two really good players. You know, rumours are Chelsea are now bidding for, preparing a bid for Haaland potentially for 130 million after just winning the Champions League. Um, and it, it just it just frustrates the life out of me. You know what I mean? Because you're just thinking, well, how can we compete with this? You know, Leicester are a great model, Matty. I totally agree with you, and they've set themselves up like that. And Villa are almost doing a bit of a Leicester at the minute as well. You know, uh, in terms of their signings and that, but. Are they realistically going to win titles and win the league? It's going to, it's still a massive ask for them, even though they are operating in, in, in a very shrewd way. Um, and that's why it just frustrates the life out of me. It's just not set up to create competition. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my, my two pence on it anyway. I, th- I think Moise Keane is, is the most saleable asset in terms of, you know, return on a player. If, if we don't want to touch the, you know, the three which I've mentioned already, Um and I think there was an, certainly an expectation that by now any kind of deal involving Moise Keane would have been done. So therefore, we would have had Dumfries in. We could have then, you know, been been uh, welcoming Leon Bailey as well to the club. Um, so I think a lot hinges on that. I still have hopes for for Moise Keane in terms of, you know, if he does stay. I don't think he will. I think at some point later on in the window he'll move on. But I still got hopes. You know, he's only 21 years of age. He's very, very raw. He was very raw when he signed for us. Um, he did well at PSG, albeit surrounded by absolute superstars on a weekly basis. Um, but I, I've, I've still got high hopes that he can kick on. Whether that's with us, I don't know. Um, but we, we'll see how it plays out. But Matty, it does seem that he, he is the one that we're, we're pinning our hopes on moving, moving on to, to get... You know, at the very, very least, a right back in and a right winger through the door. Definitely, mate. I think, um, like you said, um, as Lee's mentioned before, I think if Moyes Keane was have been out um, a few weeks ago when obviously PSG was sort of testing the water, I don't think we'd be in the situation we'd, we'd be in now, uh, to be honest, lads. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully we can, um, you know, just just get these sort of deals done. Like you said, obviously with some freeze. Um, you know, it's it's also a bit similar. It reminds me a bit of the Nigel Martin situation being sat in park boots. Not as bad, but like, you know, it's it's starting to get that way. Um and then obviously, you know, the likes of Dwight McNeil and stuff's being linked, hasn't he? Um but it, it would be interesting to see if you know if if, if Moise Keane does go out the door, whether we actually bring another striking in as well, because that that's the sort of worrying thing a little bit for me. Um I know Richie's obviously, you know, he's been banging him in, hasn't he, at the Olympics and um, obviously the Copper American and stuff as well. Um, so whether you know when he comes back, they're going to see him more as you know a central striker or as the wide player, or I don't know. But it's 
that's the sort of worry for me is that like you know if the likes of DCL gets injured um, and Keane's gone and we don't sort of get you know get get someone of that um, you know will then and it, it it could be a bit of a struggle I think maybe at times for us for next season but um say just hopefully guys like you say get get a get a few get the the, the suspect that we were talking about before out the door uh, and hopefully at least get a bit of bit of business done because like Lee says yeah I think it's imperative if um you know if we want to sort of get in around those European positions again for next season uh, you look at the way some of our competitors shall we say of of strength and uh, not just the, the sort of the big boys um you know it, it's going to be really competitive to again hasn't it so just hopefully we can get our ducks in a row and then you know we can kick on from the start of the season then. Yeah, totally agree. But I mean, it could be it could be a bit of a grind. Um, if we don't get any more through the door, but then no one else leaves, uh, bar maybe the odd the odd fringe player. But if we don't, no one else comes in. It could be one of those seasons where we we are trying to grind grind results out. Um, do you think that, Pete? Do you think it could be a season where, you know, we, we mentioned already, but his, his style is is obviously quite compact. You know, difficult to break down. It could be a season where we just might we may need to accept that that's how we're going to be, and just just to sort of you know tick along. If, if I mean if if that is acceptable, probably not. But it, it may have to be the way. I I don't think that you know I I think again <coughs> with me it's going to come down to injuries. I I think with the squad we've got now, if if that's you know roughly similar to the squad we go into the season with, it's going to come down to injuries. I think if we keep the bulk of our key players fit. I, I do believe we, we might surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and I almost can't believe I'm saying that. But, you know, I look at the team we've got. We've got a really good um, back four. We've got a bit of depth now at centre-half. We've got a good backup keeper. You know, we've got really good options, I think, for the, the two holding players and players that can play at number 10. I mean, I know we mentioned Decore earlier is is a central player. You know, he can play box-to-box 10. You know, we've seen him play that role for for Watford and absolutely bully teams and be terrifying on the counter attack. So I think if we keep players fit, I, I think we can do all right. But again, it's a lottery, isn't it? And it's a long season, and inevitably, you know, Richarlison or Calvert Lewin or Luca Dean, you know, either one of them or a couple of them or you know even two or three of them will be injured all at the same time, and that's enough to you know to lose momentum, you know, for fans to get on on the team's back, on the manager's back. You know, it's the difference between like 10th and a Champions League push. The margins are that fine. Like Matthew was saying, you look at the teams around, you know, there's a cluster of teams that could probably argue the same thing. You know, I hate to say it, but probably now West Ham, you know, now David Moyes has come in and steadied the ship uh, and made a couple of good signings. You know, Leeds, you know, based on the season they had, you know, they've got a re- they've got a really good setup now. They're probably almost like the new Wolves in a way. They're really organised group of players that know the system really well. If they buy smartly, you know, they could try and have a really good push on Villa with the way they're using the Grealish money. It could be a really interesting season, but it's it's about the the quality of squad depth, isn't it? Mm. I think you said the same last last preseason, and yeah, in terms of how, how key in injuries could be. Um, she wasn't had showed in the end. I think injuries probably was the the thing that cost us. Uh, we, we had key injuries to key players too often over the course of the season, um, and that's that's what really really curtailed our our push for Europe. Because if we had, you know, when every side goes through it, I suppose. But 
we we had some real real shocking injuries at times, and you know key players all out. You know at similar times, but we let, let's see how the rest of the window plays out. So we would certainly be revisiting this subject over the next the next few weeks or so. Um, but we are lots of them. We we will definitely definitely you know I think we will definitely come out of the window with a better a better squad. I think we will address the right back and the right wing situation. Uh, but it could be it could be very very late in the window, dependence on what happens with with outgoings, and that that's where we are. You know, no no point thinking otherwise. You know, it's no no point believing every transfer rumor that, that comes out either because we've been linked to everyone. You know, every single day we're linked to someone new. It's just let's see how it plays out. Um, but we're we're back in action next weekend against Manchester United. Um, first away day for many for a good good while. Uh, I think it's eighteen hundred tickets for that game. At Old Trafford, I think it's Saturday a quarter to one. The kickoff is strange, strange time, but we're going there. Obviously, that that's it's a good, good way to, to kick things off and, and a really, really competitive game before we we return to Premier League action in front of a, a pretty full Goodison Park. Um, and the uh, again, opposition will be in the car park getting changed, which is great. I've actually removed the Porter cabins, thinking about it, and just say to them, "Hey, Sunday League football, get yourselves changed on the car park." Here's your kit, lads, and just 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 go just go like that. Uh, but maybe maybe it won't work in the in the current climate. But that's us for this week, anyway. What a point to end on, Porter Cabins, Matty. Thanks a lot for coming on to uh, onto the show, mate. You're welcome, mate. Thanks for very much for having me, and uh, hopefully see you uh, in a couple of weeks, lads, at the game, eh? Finally, finally, yeah, finally we we're, we're going to be back, and uh, obviously we we can't wait for that. But we will uh, we'll be back ourselves on the podcast next weekend to have a little look back at that Man United game, uh, see where things have gone with with transfers, and and look forward to the to the first game of the Rafael Benitez era against Southampton. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.